Let me ask you a question. Have you ever answered a question, given a piece in coaching advice, or shared anything with anybody, and then the moment you said it, it felt like you kicked yourself and the ovaries are nuts? Yeah. Yeah, that's today's podcast. A very short to the point on how to handle, build a relationship with, eradicate, and get back to work through a fear of success, a fear of judgment, a fear of other people's opinions, or a fear of anything so that you can have the life and business of your dreams. And so I'm going to stop bumping my gums. I'm going to listen to this one again because it was coaching for myself. But either way, let's get into the episode. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good. Because this is the Mind of George podcast where relationships beat algorithms and depth is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business. Each Monday and Friday, I'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes guiding you home, giving you the tools to extract, honor, and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers. Sound fabulous? Cool. Let's get into the episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Mind of George Show, and I'm going to get right into it today because I both feel uniquely qualified and completely unqualified to talk about today's topic because today's topic came in via an Instagram message, and it is something that if I dove all the way to the root, if I got all the way to the bottom, if I got all the way deep, deep down to where most of the resistance, most of the reactants... Most of the struggles that I've faced as an entrepreneur came from, it came from this question. And the question is this, can you speak on the possibility that fear of success is real? I feel like I can't launch and I know I should be at the top of my industry, but something holds me. I just don't know what it is. And my initial answer to this is this is something I've been working through again, but now fully understanding about myself is the reason that I wasn't there and the reason that you were not there is rather than building my own evidence and working my way to there, I was too busy looking how everybody else was there. And instead of building, I was building their vision. And I see this happen all the time. This happened to me all the time. The illusion trap, right? Like uh, Mark Manson calls this in the subtle R of not giving a fuck, the, the documentary. He talks about the hedonistic treadmill, right? Like there's never enough. But also understanding that the comparative game, there is never enough evidence that will ever give you what you're looking for. It will only ruminate you worse, make it worse, and make you feel more frustrated. And there was this big point in my life, and I've talked about this on the podcast, I'm going to bring it up again today, where I was convinced. I was convinced that I was afraid of failure, right? My whole childhood wound, people would leave me, living my life constantly feeling like I was let down, investing in friendships at a level that other people didn't invest back in, always wondering why, why. And I was like, I think I'm just afraid. Like, I'm just afraid of failure, so I won't do anything. But that's not actually true. When I look back, I tried everything. I kept going, I kept going, I kept going, but I always hit this one critical spot. And this is the spot that I found the fear of success hiding. And it was the spot where I looked at all of my actions, all of my momentum. And instead of measuring them against myself and the gain that I have covered from the book, The Gap in the Gain with Dan Sullivan and Benjamin Hardy, I looked at the gap ahead of me. And instead of looking at my performance, I went and looked at everybody else's. I'm like, but they did this and they have this and they're at the top of my industry. And I did that for years. 
and I looked and I looked and I looked. And then it finally hit me. It finally hit me. I was comparing apples to peaches. I was comparing apples to strawberries. I was comparing apples to fucking Brazil nuts. I was not being safe and fair to myself. And I was changing the rules of the game to make my evidence more. So I ruminated more and got stuck more because my answers were not out there. The reason that people are at the top of their industry and the reason that they are where you see that they are could be for a multitude of reasons. But let me just pull the veil off the curtain right now. Just because it looks a certain way doesn't mean it's fucking true. So be very, very careful about who you compare yourself and what you use for evidence to bring it into your life and into your business. I've talked about this on the podcast where you could either consume or create, right? And when you're consuming, you're building somebody else's vision. When you're creating, you're building your own. And it's fine to look. It's fine to look for inspiration. It's fine to look to imitate. It's fine to look to inspire or model or get creative ideas. But it's not okay to look when every single entrepreneur is an independent athlete. And even though we all play the same sport, it's like the Olympics. There's only one person competing. And you cannot go compare somebody's race result that might be had been in the game a year less than you, earlier younger than you, 10 years longer than you, and then use it against yourself when your life, your training, your experience, and where you are is very, very different. And I apologize. I live in Montana. I keep pulling my headset off. There's a spider in my headset. Hold on. Just kidding. Even better. I wondered why my ear felt like it got pierced. Uh, there's a pincher bug crawling across my floor. There was a pincher bug in my earphone and it was biting my ear. I wondered what that was, but either way, I'm back and I'm not editing that out of the podcast. <laughs> but it's really, really convenient when we're struggling, when we're up against it, when our feelings don't feel that good, whether it's a fear of success or a fear of failure, to go out and look for evidence. But the one question I always ask myself, and this is the question that helped me really start to sit with my fear of success. And here's why I think I had a fear of success, and this might resonate for most people. I had a fear of success because my entire life had been a story about how I'd overcome stuff or made it through something or accomplished this thing. And I didn't realize that I had used the story, both the story of my past and the story of my accomplishments, to be my identity. And I believed that it was my identity. It wasn't just something I did. I allowed it to consume me. I allowed it to be who I was. I was the highest paid consultant. I tied a world record. I did all of that stuff. And you'll, you'll hear as of late, I don't even like talking about it because those aren't things, those aren't who I am. Those are just things that I done. But I had got so enmeshed and so endowed and so codependent on the labels, both from my trauma and from my stories and from my successes, that they created this entire container of doing this. And I was just doing things and it was never enough. There was no finish line because it wasn't truly embodied. And my fear of success came from, I didn't have the confidence with myself to be in any room or to be in any situation without my highlight reel and just allow myself to be okay and just allow me to be enough and just allow what I have to share to be enough, even if it wasn't right or even if it wasn't the right answer. And so I painted this illusion of what it looked like. I painted illusions of my business partners. I painted illusion of people in the industry. I painted illusions of my friends and I made them something they weren't. And I used that as evidence. 
And it was because I was afraid to write a new story. And every time I would get stuck, I'd be stuck up against something like, oh my God, there's this giant challenge and I'm in one right now. And my old default used to be to go out. Well, who can fix it? Who has the answers? Who can I call? Who can I cry to? And I was conditioned for most of my life and career that somebody would come in and help, but they weren't really helping me. They were enabling me. And as of late in the last year, I'd say, I've been faced with some big challenges and the invitation was to go in. And it was in those moments that I realized that I was never afraid of failure and I wasn't necessarily afraid of success. I just didn't trust myself enough in that moment and have enough of my own evidence by looking at my gain, i.e. the book, The Gap and the Gain Again, to realize that I have done it and I am doing it, but I have to grow and I have to change every day and I have to be willing to write a new story. And so I was having fear that what I knew or what I was going to try wasn't going to work. But in the time I ruminated on it, I could have tried a hundred things and known for certain. And so the way that I describe the fear of success is like in the very beginning, when you're starting, right, you borrow flashlights from people to see the path, but eventually you get to a point where the path ends and the shared path ends because the only thing that left is your path. It's time to build your island or your vision. And in that moment, it gets very, very dark because the only flashlight that exists is the one that you put down, but you can really only see one foot in front of you and you have to trust yourself enough and have the practices and the habits and the rituals in place. So instead of looking at everybody else and wondering why we're not at the top of our industry, why we're not at the top of our food chain, we feel that same way. And then we go build a brick to get closer to the top of our food chain, to get closer to the top of our industry. And I fell into this trap and it's an entitlement trap, right? It's the finish line trap. Like I finished the race, I'm there. No, you start another one. You look at the hero's journey. Once you slay the dragon, you go back to the village and you go again. And I just kept finding these pockets where I would go coast or I would go smooth. And what I realized is that I was never fully bought into my vision. I was never fully bought into my dreams. I was expecting somebody else to come do them. But nobody can, like nobody can make me a better father. Nobody can make me a better husband, a better anything. Only I can. Nobody can make me a better entrepreneur. Nobody can make my offers better. Nobody can make my content better. Only I can. But if I don't want it enough that when I'm faced with a challenge of like, hey, my content isn't working and my default is to go out and look at how great everybody else's content is and then use it as evidence to beat myself up, there's no point in me even playing the fucking game. And so I have to look at it and be like, well, in this same amount of time, I could go look and compare and keep myself stuck, or I could look at my own performance. I could look at my own past. I could celebrate the things that I did that worked, and then I can make adjustments. I can trust myself enough, make a plan, and try again. And the only difference between me now and 10 years years ago is that 10 years ago, five years ago, three years ago, even a year and a half ago, I still had programming and paradigms in me that believed that when things got hard, somebody else would fix it. Somebody else would change it. I had this sneaky responsibility that I know is mine that I allowed to sneak out. And I put blinders on. And those blinders created massive, massive amounts of pain to where the pain came. And I almost wanted to ask everybody else to help, but I knew that I created that pain. And if I created that pain, there was only one person who could create pleasure, and it was me. But it really, really comes down 
to having an unlimited amount of evidence based on myself that I can use to measure my performance and zero evidence based on anybody else. Nobody else in my industry exists. Nobody else's content exists. Nobody's courses exist. Nobody offers exist because that is not my world. That's their world. And I've learned now from being in front of the scenes and behind the scenes on all these businesses that what you think it looks like, it doesn't. But that's not even the point. You shouldn't be looking in the first place. And to summarize this down, the mistake that I made is every time a pipe broke in my house, instead of fixing it and stopping the pipe and then making a plan, I left it leaky and I walked around to all my neighbor's house to try to find if they had leaky pipes or if they've ever felt them before while just allowing mine to damage my house. And so for me, what a fear of success ended up manifesting it as and what it ended up looking like is that when I would get triggered, when I would get overwhelmed, when I would get scared, instead of acknowledging the feeling and going into my practices, going into my sacred light keeper cartons, going into my needle movers, and executing one of those to build evidence that irregardless of how I feel, and I might not be there yet, look, I put a brick in today, and now I'm going to put another brick. I ignored all of that, and I went and tried to find every brick that everybody else laid, made it 10 times harder on myself, and then convinced myself that I could never be like them, that they might be cussed different, they might be a different person. But then I realized that they weren't looking at my bricks or the bricks that I laid. When they had challenges, they went back in. When they had struggles, they went into their business and they went to lay their bricks again. And most of the people that we look at aren't looking at our bricks. We're looking at theirs as a place to hide. And so when this question came through, I had tears because I just relearned this lesson. And it's a lesson I'm probably going to relearn a thousand times and hold myself accountable to practicing. But it doesn't matter what the fear is, right? I felt for me that the fear was writing a new story and releasing an identity and an entire identity that the world had grown to know me by and one that I used as a tool, not knowingly based on trauma, but I hid in my story. I hid in the pain. I hid in the trauma. I hid in the accomplishments because I was still hiding and I was afraid to be fully seen. And so these fears can represent so many different ways. They can come up as the fear of losing yourself, the fear of others' opinions, the fear of not being good enough, the fear of change. But then once again, I go back to the same place. And if I have a fear of losing myself, but yet who I am isn't working, then what I'm really doing is choosing the pain. If I have a fear of others' opinions, I have to ask myself, is their opinion going to pay my bills to pay my kids rent and put food on the table? Because if it's not, I have to ask myself if I'm really willing to keep that fear. Is my fear really of not being good enough? when the thing that would make me good enough is the thing I'm not doing because I'm comparing to everybody else, and then the fear of change. Well, if I'm here and things aren't working and I'm unhappy and I'm stressed, do I really have a fear of change? Or do I have a fear that without the story and without all of those feelings and all the intermixed pieces that I just don't know what to do or I'm just afraid I can't do it? But either way, it still comes back to us. And so here's the one question that I've been using in my meditations, with my clients, with my students, you name it. This is the question. If you find yourself in a point and you're like, oh my God, I feel like I should quit. I should go out of business because I'm not like everybody else in the top of my industry. Now, mind you, you can take this and apply it to anywhere. Why I shouldn't write that email. Why I shouldn't record that video. Why I can't find this answer. 
and you're sitting there thinking that you can't and thinking that you should be somewhere else, I want you to ask you this question. I want you to imagine that there's a jury of 12 of your peers and a judge. And you have to go in there and you have to state your case that you should go out of business because you can prevent this factual evidence that you're not successful, that you're not there, that you can't figure it out. And I have found when I ask that question, I can find zero evidence that would allow me to walk in and even consider opening my mouth in a courtroom, never mind pleading a case. And at some point, we have to get to the fact that this is a game. And it's a game that a lot of people play. And the ones that win are the ones that are committed to figuring it out. But it is a game. It's not who you are. It's just something that you're doing. But the secret to winning it is by knowing who you are at the deepest level. And the reason I hid is because I carried shame. And the shame wasn't from the world. The shame was made up. Oh, if I don't look a certain way, they'll think this. If I'm not the best, they'll think this. If I don't have the answer, they'll think this. If I don't charge that much, they'll think this. And I ended up creating a prison where I lived in everybody else's expectations that they never stated of myself. And the resistance and the fear and the pain that I was having was in relationship with something fake. It was completely fictional, made up in my brain, and it was the reason that I wasn't working. Because no one was going to come do my breath work. Nobody was going to come get my body in movement. Nobody was going to record these podcasts. Nobody was going to put the outlines in. Nobody was going to take the time to learn and change and adjust, and only I could. But I was hiding because I was scared. What I was scared of doesn't matter. Why I was scared doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is I realized I was scared. And then I put the practices and the things in place to hold me accountable. And so whether you have a fear of success, whether you have a fear of opinions, whether you have a fear of anything, at any moment that that fear takes over the driver's seat and prevents your actions or influences your actions or influences your behaviors, you've already lost the game. And the reason we're so bullish, and you look at it, you look at morning routines, you look at people who are successful. It's not the fact that they have a morning routine. There's an increased correlated line based on the amount of time they spend alone and how well they know themselves. And I was too busy preaching know yourself than I was to actually know yourself. And once I started to know myself and started to be okay with myself and I started to celebrate my wins and focus on my gain and not the gap ahead. And when things got hard, instead of going out, I went in and owned it and had a relationship with my feelings. Everything started to move. Everything starts to progress, but then that progress has to be protected, that consistency of those habits and of those containers, right? This is why I'm so bullish on the sacred lightkeeper quadrants or anything that you have in that matter, because even on the down days, the days where you want to go to that Evans, where you want to go look and you want to go compare, the moment you start, you already have a behavior in place that's not going to allow you to, and that's where commitment comes in. This is your vision. This is your life. This is your world. And yes, you're not going to have all the answers and you're not going to have all the tools. But I will tell you this, you had enough answers and tools to get you to this point. And if you really go back and if you really reflect, you will find the fact that you've solved everything or done everything in a different way that you can still do right now. But you have to go do it. You have to do it. Nobody else is coming. We can support you. We can walk with you. But number one, stop comparing. Number two, who gives a fuck how long it takes? Everybody that's quote unquote an overnight success. Somebody called me an overnight success the other day and I just chuckled. And I was like, oh man, it's so fun to be 40 
and for the first time in my life feel like I get it. And people meet me now and they're like, oh, you make it look so easy. And I was like, it was three months ago. I was crying, snotting and puking for five days in a row because I was so depressed and had so much anxiety. And then it was in that moment that I realized I'd won at least in that moment because I didn't have any interest in telling them how hard it was. I didn't have any interest in sharing about those stories. I just said, thank you. And I was like, I am here. And that's my lesson. My lesson is it gets to be easy. But every day I wake up, I have a choice. And I have 24 hours in that day to use to fill my bucket, to fill my kid's bucket, to fill my customer's buckets. And no one else is coming to fill them for me. No one else is coming to run the business. No one else is coming to dance with my emotions. No one else is coming to do my mindset work. No one else is coming to do my personal development work. It's just me. And at the end of the day, I was looking at everybody else because I was lying to myself in the mirror and I was believing my own bullshit. And the bullshit that I was telling myself is that I was doing what it took to be successful and then getting upset that I didn't have the results of everybody else. But when I took some time by myself and I did a moral inventory and looked in the mirror, I couldn't lie to myself anymore. And when I looked back, I saw that I wasn't upset at myself, that I wasn't guilty, I wasn't shameful because I saw a path. And that path, when I sat with it long enough, made me realize all the areas where I was out of integrity, thinking that somebody was going to come save me. But the moment I tune into them, I could have all the success and all the happiness I wanted. And now every day it's about tuning into those things, but it's just based on us. And so I had notes in here. I didn't read any of them. I didn't talk about any of them. I didn't share any of them. But I hope, no, I don't hope. I know that this is what I needed to hear and this is what I share with myself every morning. This is the place that I am, the happiest I've ever been, the best shape my body's been in, the best sleep, irregardless of the situation. And I don't even know what exists in the world anymore because I'm so excited about building ours brick by brick. And so my, my desire is that you take one thing from this today and you implement it and you shift it and you let it go. But you also remember that this is a part of the game building a relationship with these feelings and these fears and then giving them a cup of coffee every day and getting back to work is truly, truly the secret. And my desire is that today's podcast helps you do that. And so I love you to fucking pieces. You are enough. You are incredible. And just by listening to this show, I know you're better than everybody else that you're comparing yourself to anyways, because you're growing, you're learning, and you're having a relationship with these feelings. And now it's the moment you put them in the passenger seat, you grab the wheel again and get to work, that everything works. And so that's how I'm going to wrap today's episode. So I want you to have an absolute beautiful day. I want you to remember that relationships will always beat algorithms, especially the one with yourself. And I will either see you in the next episode or you will hear me in your earballs. But either way, we out. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Mind of George Show. Please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run, or in front of the television. Make sure you leave a review to help other people know how much you love the show and quite frankly, help me know how much you love the show because I read them all. And if you want five-minute daily insider nuggets on business, marketing, leadership, mindset, or any other tool that you would need to build and scale your company, make sure you register for my invite-only newsletter. I call it the Lightkeeper Lessons. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me, my friends and mentors, and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club. 
fill out the application and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside. Otherwise, you can get access to my Relationships Beats Algorithms Facebook community and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com and I'll see you in the next episode.